This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. There are some things that like, I would love to help us walk through. And I'm not saying I have it figured out. Like I'm learning with you. You may hear some things that are familiar. You may hear some verses that are familiar. You may hear some nuggets and stuff that are familiar. I don't think, revel- like, like I love Revelation, don't get me wrong, but I, I'm more concerned about if you were to wake up tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, and knew how to apply it so that he would actually get more glory and you would have a wonderful relationship with him. And you would actually be able to like demonstrate that w- w- with, with people. That The kingdom would be advanced. It would be awesome. That would be ideal. So, that's the goal for tonight. Cool? Somebody's hair is on me. It's beautiful. Okay. So if you have your Bibles, open to uh, Matthew chapter 6. And um, it's almost like we don't have to turn there, but I'm going to start in verse uh, 31. Cool. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Now we're going to be like going way before there. And we're also going to be in different places, uh, in similar places. We're kind of catching Jesus in mid-sentence here, like in mid-conversation. So we'll go back and figure that out. But um, for now, we'll start there. Cool. And it's such an intimate talk he's having here. So sweet. So don't just treat us like a scripture. Like if Jesus was to walk in the room right now, and he looked you in the eyes, and he grabbed your face, I want you to listen like that. Cool. So he's grabbed your cheeks in his hands, and he says this. Therefore, don't worry. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the gen- oh sorry. For after all these things, the Gentiles. Hold on one sec. Let me read my NLT version. Unless the real ones. Are there. Okay, cool. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Sure. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Can we go to the next one? Thank you. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Sounds easy, right? Okay, everybody go home. You got the rules. Let's leave. <laughs> you know, we get it. Seek first the kingdom. No, I, I, I wanted to talk tonight about Jesus makes it so obvious for us that we don't have to worry about these little things that we allow our hearts to get so distracted by. But still, when I go to the gas station, sometimes I'm worried about like, was a turtleneck the right sweat, like, thing to wear? You know, was this the right choice today? And I start acting weird. You know, I got like, do I put my hand up? <laughs> yes, total that gang. No, I, I, no, seriously, though, I, I'm, I'm being funny, but at the same time, it's like we can allow little things like that to distract us of like big life decisions. And we post about on Instagram. And they were like, oh, I don't know if I, what are people going to think? You know? And we open up our hearts to these, these, these things that they are real. They really do matter, but there are things that matter more. There's, there's realities that are, are way more um, important. And whatever we, be, we allow ourselves to become, more aware of is that's what's going to be driving our heart. Um, Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, guard your heart above all else or with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life or it will determine the course of your life. (sighs) And I used to like adore that verse and I know that verse and I have it memorized in multiple different versions but still, I don't guard my heart well. Just be honest, I'll be really open. Like even preparing for a night like this is so crazy. But now, now that you guys are here and I have my notes and my two Bibles and my microphones, two microphones, goodness gracious. Now that we're here and actually doing this, everything I was worried about doesn't matter. There's only one king on my throne right now. There's only one. And, it, and I love you guys so much, but it's not you. But there was a time in my preparation where I genuinely was considering, what are they going to think? And that actually crippled my preparation for what he was actually inviting me to do. Does that make sense? 
And so this is why it's so important to understand the context of he's saying seek first the kingdom, but we're catching him mid-sentence. And so many people just throw that out, especially being raised in church, which I love that. I love, if my mom was listening, thank you, mom, for raising me in church. But but we, we throw things like that out, and we don't understand the context of the conversation. He didn't just come on the scene and say, hey, hey, don't worry, guys. Just seek the kingdom. Like he broke down for chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter. And then he said, and he said, look at the birds. He said, look at the, look at the lilies. And he was like, now we understand those things dominate the mind of unbelievers. But you guys don't have to worry about that. Seek first the kingdom. Why? Well, let's, let's read the context and then we'll get there. Cool? Okay, I'm so excited you guys are good with that. I'm, I'm very happy for this. Um, so... The context in Scripture, I like to unpack, but I'd also like to stay open with you guys about where I, what the journey I was on, even, even preparing for this message. Is everyone good with that? Um, so, this is, this is always so fun. Balancing the line of, I'm here to teach, but I'm also still learning, you know? And, and so just bear with me. If it sounds vulnerable, um, it's because I don't know any other way to grow, you know, besides letting people into places I don't know. Okay, so if it sounds like I don't have it together, or there's mistakes, please don't hold them against me, please. All right, but but um, but I think it's so important for us to get like that, get open. I mean, you see the flowers blooming on the back screen, or don't get distracted by them. But this is what I want to do. I think there's life inside of us, there's buds. But if we allow it to open up, then we actually get to release the life that's always been inside of us. And so. I'm going to do that here, and I'm going to bring you time into like some private moments I've had in Scripture, and maybe you'll be able to relate, but either way, I believe God's going to be glorified. Okay. So, I'll just tell you guys. As I was getting ready, I saw people's faces. And actually, I opened my Bible, and I was reading all over Romans. I had had, I had had, I have, I have so many notes for you guys about kingdom in here that I could probably write a small little book. Okay, I had, I had so much stuff that I had to teach, but there's something in my heart that didn't feel prepared to teach. Is that I felt unprepared. I actually felt disconnected from God. Why would that be? That I know the Scripture, that I'm reading the Scripture, that I'm present with God, that I have the kingdom inside of me, but I feel disconnected and I feel unprepared and I feel unqualified. Why? I'll tell you what's holding me back. I was picturing, oh my gosh, what if Pastor Gavin listens and he thinks I don't know what I'm talking about? Isn't that crazy? I was picturing Alex, and we were so close, Alex and I, and I was thinking, what if he hears my message and he thinks, he's not living that? <laughs> I was picturing, what are some other things? I was picturing, what if I teach really good and then Papa Kevin comes up to me and is like, you did so good. And I just get kind of uncomfortable. Honestly, that's more uncomfortable than some of the bad things I hear. Sometimes you hearing a good job actually makes me kind of shrivel up a little bit. And so I'm anticipating these things, and I, I'm, I'm caring about these things so much that it actually starts to, it starts to um, cripple what God's actually trying to do in me. Um, I'll, I'll say it like this. In Proverbs 4.23, says, Guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows the issues of life. What issues were flowing out of my heart then? Insecurity, disconnection, second-guessing myself. So what do you think was in my heart? Yes, right? So the course of my life is being dictated by what I've allowed in my heart. And what is ruling and reigning in my heart? What is grabbing the steering wheel of my heart? It's you, you in the blue chairs right there. I was thinking, and, and on Spotify and SoundCloud, whatever. I was allowing you guys to drive my heart. And are you the source of my life? 
can you bring me any peace? Can you bring me any joy? Can you bring me any of that stuff? No. So why would I expect to let you and your opinion drive my life and then also feel peace? I can't. And there's no condemnation in that, but this is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the mindset that we have is if it's set on the Spirit, it'll be life and peace. But the only other option is death. So if we're experiencing life and peace in our intimate time with God, great, our mind is set on the Spirit. But if we're not, then we should just look, where am I putting my mind on? And it's not a naughty thing. I mean, this, this is the thing I would get mad at. It's like, oh no, I've messed up. I'm thinking about what people care, or I'm caring about what people think of me. And it's like, there is no, if you look at um, Mary and Martha, and, we, and we look at, we're going to look at that story later, probably at the end. But his response, this one thing I want to say, his response to Martha, when she invited him in the house, and she's cooking for him, she's like, Jesus, come on. Mary's just sitting there doing nothing. Isn't it not fair? Just tell her to get up and, and do something. And, and his response wasn't like, woman, don't talk to his 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 response wasn't ew. Why would you think that? His response was, "Oh, my dear Martha." So even when someone invited him into the home and was too busy to even spend time with him, he still was like, "Oh, my dear Martha." And the invitation was for intimacy, even then. And so it's a win-win. We can be distracted from him, and he invites us in, and we can be focused on him, and he invites us in. It's a win-win for us. But one of us will experience this critical spirit that Martha had, and the other one we won't. Because nothing's more important than him. It's who's on our throne. It's who. It's it's this heart that we've entrusted with. Um, I think we underrate how much we care about. It's 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 like we try and separate the two. It's like, oh, I don't care, or I do care, but God's still good. And it's like, yeah, both those realities are true. But you can only drive on one road. Both roads exist, but you can't be on both at the same time. We'll talk about that later. Actually, Jesus talks about that. Let's go there. Okay. Okay, we'll start with treasures. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to briefly describe before we get there. That we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. And Jesus is talking about treasures here. But before he talked about treasures, he talked about fasting. He talked about forgiveness. He talked about our Father, who in heaven, hallowed by name, like any kind of on earth. You talked about a lot of stuff before we got here. He talked about um, adultery. He talked about um, murder. He talked about all these different things. And he's coming in and he's flipping the way we think about things. He's... he's um, I mean, he's ruining a lot of what I love. You know, he's just like, you think this is the rule? No, it's actually this. And he's pointing back at people's hearts. He's pointing back at people's hearts. And he gets to this place where, I mean, he's looking at fasting. He's like, what is your real reward? What he's doing is he's actually inviting us into the culture of heaven. It would be like if I was to invite you into my house and we all sat down at dinner and you pulled your phone out and I said, ah, 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 no, we don't have phones here at the table. It's not a rule. Like, I won't smack you. I'm not going to call the police. You don't legally have to. But this is what it is. I want to connect with you in real life. I, I want you to be seen and heard in real life. Now, you can get it on a phone, sure. For sure, absolutely. You can find some connection on a phone. Yeah, absolutely. You can find yourself heard and seen on, on, a, on a platform, for sure. But in this house, I want it authentically. And it's like, this is the culture of how we live our life. And Jesus is seeing people pull their, you know, quote-unquote phones out. And he's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess you can be... You can fast and your reward can be, I'm fasting, everybody look at me. I'm fasting for the Lord. I'm so hungry. And it's like, that's your reward. That's it. And this is what he's inviting people into. The, the culture is, is what you value, like what, what you, what you um, care about the most. It's like, that's going to be your reward. That's it. So be careful about what you're valuing. If you value it in praying in public, he's like, look at me. I'm praying. You're banging that gong. You're like, I'm praying to God. You know, putting your little Christian captions on all your 
Instagram posts, and you're like, look at me, I'm a Christian. I'm not against, no, no, I'm not against that. I'm not against that. I have a couple myself. I'm not, I'm not against that. But what I'm saying is, like, if that is what you care about most, is that people see you praying, then that's the end of the reward for you. And he's saying, this is how your cares work. This is how your values work. Wherever your treasure lies, your heart will be right there with it. You don't believe me? He says it here, 19 right here. It says, don't lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust can destroy them, where thieves can break in and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust can destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure lies, there your heart will lie also. So, let's marry these two verses, Proverbs 4.23 and what Jesus just said here. Wherever my treasure is, there's my heart also. Wherever I put, whatever I care about most, that is where I put my treasure in. God doesn't care about your treasure. He cares about your heart. I used to think about like, God really cares about my Roth IRA? Like, what's going on here? But no, he doesn't. He cares about where I'm putting my heart in. Why? Because out of my heart will determine the course of my life, the issues of life, where I'm going. The trajectory of my life is directly affected by what I'm allowing to touch it, what I'm allowing in it, what I'm allowed to grow in it. If it's weeds, if it's, if it's flowers, whatever it is, it'll change the trajectory of my life. So of course he cares about where you put your heart because your heart is determining where your life goes. What you treasure will determine your trajectory. What you care about will change the course of your life. And that's why it's so important to pay attention to these things of like, I found myself, I said, I mentioned the gas station story. There's stupider stories than that. I'm trying to think of other ones. Not for the sake of self-defecation, but for the sake of, it's so easy to slip into it. There's no condemnation in it. it. There's that, oh, my dear Martha. There's this sweet remembrance of, this doesn't matter if your turtleneck was the right choice or not. I'm a king. It doesn't matter what they think about you. It matters what I think about them. That's the kingdom. That's the influence. That's the ruling and reigning. What rule and reign do I have if your opinion is, is dictating my life? Don't you know you're a slave of whatever you choose to obey? I think Paul said. But anyways, back to Jesus. Does that make sense? Whatever I treasure will change my trajectory. Whatever I care about will change the course of my life. So it's so important to think about what we care about. I don't want this to be heavy. It's, it's, it's good, but it's an invitation. Remember, Jesus was saying, oh, my dear Martha, come, let me tell you, there's only one thing worth worrying about. Everybody good with that? Okay. Take a deep breath with me. Maybe I'm the only one around, but I feel like there needs to be a deep breath taken. (sighs) So, I've been thinking about this practically, how to apply that. So, if 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 what I care about is... Um, changing the course of my life and my treasure, it's so important where I place it, then how do I change what I care about? Like, like, okay, let's go back to the story of me preparing. I'll stay open with you guys. I'm sitting here preparing. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking, oh, what if, what was another person? I thought of another person. So-and-so, just make up a name. Oh my gosh, what if they think I don't know the gospel? And I'm going through this thing and I'm like, all these little lies or little things I'm scared of. Like, what if they think I don't know the gospel? What if, uh, oh, I know one, Abel. I thought of Abel. One time, no, I'll just say this. This is no, Abel's never said this to me. He's never felt this. But this is my thought. Pastor Abel, I was thinking, what if I get done with my teaching and Pastor Abel says, yeah, it was good, but you aren't yourself. I was like, oh, Oh. This imaginary conversation with Abel. Anyone have an imaginary conversation with Abel? No, all right, cool. 
But no, I'm saying, I'm serious. So I'm, I'm going through these things. So if that's what I care about and that's crippling the kingdom and that, and that's, and that's holding me back and that's what I'm valuing so much, how do I shift there? I'll tell you from first person. I opened my Bible and I got very flustered because I know these scriptures already. I'm an expert. I'm just kidding. I'm not. But sometimes I approach like that. I'm like, God, I know what to do. I'll go to Romans 5. I'll go to Romans 3. I'll go to Romans 4. I'll go to all these different places in Romans specifically. And, and I'll figure it out. God, you know, it's not by works, but I'm literally trying to work it out. And, and I'm having this thing of I'm valuing something that, that doesn't, isn't bad, but it's not as important as God. And I get flustered. I get to the point where I finally look at God and I say, God, what the heck do you think? Like, what do you think? And I have my little list, and I go down. And he's like, because I was worried about not knowing the gospel. He said, you're a product of the gospel. I said, ooh. He, and I was like, what about, I don't know what I'm talking about. He said, you don't know what you're talking about. You get to know me. You get the opportunity to get to know me. I don't feel like people like that one. It's really good to not know. <laughs> like, it's a prerequisite for learning. Is not knowing. So he was inviting me to get to know him more. If I knew it, then I would stop. I would, if there's so, this is this, this terrible trap, I feel like, especially now, it's like, do you have the answer? Especially in like politically, it's like, do you have the answer to this problem? Do you have the answer? And people have to have the answer when, if you just let your pride just sit down for a second and you humble yourself before God, I promise you get a way better answer than what you can write down on paper. You get this man that says, I am the answer. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And this is the invitation he was trying to bring me into, this something way bigger. Oh, my dear Nathaniel. He said, my dear Nathaniel, you don't, you don't know it all. It's wonderful. What was another one? I don't know. I don't remember him now because he told me the truth. But here's the thing is, my focus went from what you guys think to what God thinks. And immediately, I was filled with life and I was filled with peace. 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 I said, Mike Tyson. Peace. <laughs> I was filled with peace. No, I, I was filled with peace. And, and, and that didn't come from you guys. And it didn't, I didn't write a single note down. It didn't come because I was more prepared. It didn't cause it come because I worked for it. It came because I shifted my focus off of your opinion and I put it on God. And that just that little shift of my focus changed what I was full of. See, a mindset on the spirit is life and it's peace. Okay, l- let me show you what Jesus says next. And some of you guys may have thought this was disconnected, but it's not. It says this in verse 22. It says, a lamp of the body is the eye. Or another version says, your eye is a lamp for your whole body. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So Jesus goes from saying, be careful what you treasure because your, your trajectory is going to be determined by what you treasure. And what you care about will change the course of your life. He's saying this all. And the very next thing he goes to is, be careful because your focus will actually fill you. I shifted my focus off of what you guys think and onto just, God, I'm just curious. Like, am I crazy? And the second I shifted my focus, I was full of life and I was full of peace. No effort needed. It's funny because I think it's John 6, verse 63. He says, my words are spirit and they're life. But the context of that was people were going buck wild because he just said, take my flesh, drink my blood. And they were like, that's not cool, Jesus. Why would you say that? We, they, they, they said in verse 60, they said, um, they said, we don't understand and we can't accept it. And his response was, the spirit alone. It's a human effort can do nothing, he said. Not by strength. Not by, it's the spirit alone. And then he said, my, my, my words are spirit in their life. And here is, in my office is the invitation that Jesus is talking about in John 6, verse 60, and here in Matthew 6, is 
I couldn't human effort my way enough to be enough for you guys. I had books of notes, but still felt incompetent. And I had one word from God and felt like I'm the king of the world. As no offense to you guys, but he looks way better on my throne than you. So it's important to remember that as we go out of here tomorrow morning, if there's something you find yourself caring about that's like, I don't know if I really like the way this is making me feel or the way this is affecting my heart. It seems like it's crippling me. It seems like it's holding me back. There's no workout program you have to do. There's, no, there's nothing you have to do that's like, oh, let me lift this off me. It's just a simple shift of your perspective of whatever you focus on will fill you. Whatever you worship, you'll, you, whatever you adore, you become like. He set it up like that for a reason. It's not to work it out. It's not a formula. It's how we were meant to see and reflect his glory. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm very glad. Um, you see it in the garden uh, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. You'll see Eve sitting there with the fruit. Actually, she's talking, she's talking with um, this little sneaky snake. And and she sees the tree and she says, that tree looks beautiful. And she sees the fruit and she says, that fruit looks delicious. And because of what she sees, she then puts it in her mouth and eats it. What you focus on will fill you. Okay, but then you see it again in Matthew 4. And Jesus, the even better Adam and Eve for that matter, he gets asked by the Satan. He's like, just turn this rock into bread. Just jump off this cliff. He's, 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 he's offering the same, the same temptation. But where is Jesus' focus? Yes! Kingdom, yeah, sure. He's saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. He's full. He can't be distracted. Um, Satan's trying to lure him into this place of like, um, you know, oh, this will, you're, I know you're hungry. This will bring you life. And he's like, what are you talking about? Look at the word. I have life. Men don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes about. As a matter of fact, later on you'll find out in my next couple books here, I'm the bread of life. And people have a problem with that, but I'm going to say it. This invitation that we have to refocus is not some super duper hard thing, and you don't need a degree for it. You just need the, 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 the humility or the, or the curiosity maybe to just shift your focus off of your circumstances. Pastor Gavin said it's so beautifully Sunday. Oh my goodness gracious, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Wonderful Easter message. But to shift your focus off your circumstances and on to God, not because your circumstances aren't happening. You're not sitting there ignoring what's happening. I mean, let me say it like this. When I go home to our our beautiful home in Warrington, we have a little fork in the road on 29. If you go down 29 far enough, there's a fork in the road. It used to scare me until I moved into Warrington. Now I'm like, oh, this is very simple. But there's a fork in the road, and you have to pick. You either go right or you either go left. And to go home, we go right. And the other way is another way. I don't know what's down there. I found last night that you can't go both ways. You can't, you can't, I can't drive down the middle. There is a better way, but both roads exist. Me putting my head in the sand and saying, my circumstance isn't happening. I'm, I'm, I'm a believer, and so these bad things aren't happening. It doesn't, that doesn't help. Like being, being, um, denying the truth, it's not, it's not a strategy that God was like, okay, don't worry, and also don't admit that things are bad. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that at all. He says, look at the birds. 
He says, look at these lilies. Look at them. They're living the dream, and I care about you way more than I care about them. It's not that our other realities don't exist. It's not that at all. They exist, but there's a better way to my house than going the other way. There's a faster way to my home. There's a better way. And I'll tell you that, what, what, does that make sense? Let me, I don't want to rush past that. Because I think that's one thing that has robbed me too, is like sometimes I'll go through hard things and I'll sit there and I'll be like, oh, you know, everything's good, brother. You know, everything's good, brethren. And, and I'll just be like, everything's fine. When the truth matters, everything's not fine. I try to act like this doesn't exist, but it does exist. But there is a more, there's a better way home. There's, a, there's another way I can take. Does that make sense? But how do we get on that other path? We go back to the trajectory. What's, what's steering my car? What's in charge of my heart? It's whatever I care about. Whatever I care about most will take, ah, I'm worried about what people think, so I'm going to go left. It's the wrong way. I'm so scared about what do people think, I'm going to go left. And it's like, well, you know, I am terrified, but what do you think? Oh, I'm enough? Okay, then we can just go on home then. Let's go right. Let's go right home. Both realities exist, but we can't go both ways. And that's literally the next thing Jesus says in this, in, this, um, in this talk he's having on his way up to seek the kingdom. So he's getting through a lot of work, but this is what he says next. No one can serve two masters, for either they will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. And in my, in, my, in my description, on 29, you can't go straight. You've got to go left or you've got to go right, but you can't go both ways. And I think it's important for us to know that because what he, oh, I guess I should keep this open. What, what he goes into next is, um, is voided without understanding that. Can I tell you guys my gas station story about the turtleneck? Okay. Um, it's not a big one. I shared it earlier and like nobody said anything. So it's, don't expect to fall off your chair. But this is what I was going through. I got gas in my thing. I was looking for some candy. And um, so I, 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 as my gas was filling up, I walked towards the door to get some candy, some hot tamales or something. Not good for you. So I'm taking steps and I start to, my back starts to get tight, like really tight in my, in my, like my lower back, everything. I get to very uncomfortable because I'm starting to become aware of like, there's a bunch of people looking at me and like, what are they thinking and stuff. And so I'm like really stressed and uncomfortable and, and I, and I just ask God, I'm like, what's going on here? And I, and, and I ask myself the question of what do I care about most right now? And it was what people thought. So if you don't like what's going on in your guts, if you don't like, like what's going on inside of your heart, I would, I, would, I would say try this question. What do I care about most right now? And how is it, what, how is it steering my car? How is it affecting my life? And I asked myself, I was like, oh, I care what people think. And so I was like, okay, well, what do you think, God? And God started to show me how much he cared about the people around me. And immediately I was like, oh, I, I know I look some way, but I don't care what I look like because I care about you looking at them. I know they think something, but I don't care what that something is because you think something more important. There's a better way to think. There's something more important happening right now. Two realities, but one's more important to me. And so as I allowed him to matter more, oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. It was so much fun in there. I forgot to buy candy. I literally walked out of there and I was like, I didn't even get candy, but I was so satisfied. And it's crazy to think about that I went in to purchase something sweet and something even sweeter was already purchased for me. 
Isn't that crazy? I love hot tamales, but I would not pick hot tamales over knowing how sweet he thinks about you. I mean, literally this lady walked by and she had like so much stuff in her hands and I was like, oh my gosh, he loves the heck out of her. To the point where she probably was like, why is this guy looking at him like this? (laughs) And it wasn't me, it was him. He was looking at her like that. Oh, it was crazy. It's a quick side note, but sometimes I look for things like candy, but I'm not really looking for candy. Okay? Candy's not healthy for me. No, don't get me wrong. I eat candy. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not like above candy. But I look for unhealthy things. But then once I change what I actually care about, when I'm honest with myself, what am I actually caring about right now? And then I shift my focus off of that and onto God. Then I actually start to feel satisfied. I have life. I have peace. And then I go back to it. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't even need candy. And you take candy out and re- replace it with anything you like in your life. I need approval. I need whatever. And it's like, yeah. I realized some of these unhealthy things I reach for, it's not because, like, like I used to try and work that stuff out. Like, oh, no, I have such a terrible thing I, I reach for. Oh, and I beat myself up, and I try and work myself out. But really, I, it's okay to need. It's okay to actually care. But, but to think that you care about yourself more than he does is actually going gonna, it's, it's gonna to hurt you. It's going to cripple you. He cares way more about you. Like, listen, if my son was hungry, I wouldn't be like, oh, you know, I'm busy. You know? Because I know this because when he was a baby, I would hear him cry a little bit. I'd be like, oh, he's hungry. Let's get a bottle, you know? I cared about him eating more than he did. It was crazy. Anyways, I'll leave, I'll leave that alone. But it's important to get that because the next thing he goes into is, is um, let's pick it up here. Therefore, I say to you, okay, so let's recap a little bit. He says, don't store up your treasures in heaven. He says, why? Because whatever you treasure will change your trajectory. He says, um, your eye is a lamp to your whole body. Why? Because what you're focused on will fill you. And then he goes into, you can't serve two masters because you can't. Just It doesn't work like that. We can only have one person on the throne, and I've learned from the gas station and from preparing my notes and various other things that you... Nobody looks as good as him on the throne. There's nobody I've found that's worth worrying about more than him. And that's what he goes into next. And he says, therefore I say to you, or my version, uh, in my um, NLT version says, this is why I say to you. And when I, was in, when I was growing up, I forget who said it, but they, someone said, whenever you see a therefore in scripture, you always have to ask what it's there for. You know, and they'd like laugh and everyone would be like, oh, that's a Bible joke, you know. And that was one of my favorites until I heard someone say they read the word but in scripture and they're like, and that's a big but. And I was like, that is funny too. But anyways, so he's saying, therefore, because of everything else he just said. So he's like, be careful about what you allow in your heart. Guard your heart because it's determined the course of your life. And, and, and if you need help with that, then just be careful what you're focusing on. Like in, in the culture of heaven, you can only focus on one thing and that will fill you. So be careful what you're focused on. And all this, I'm saying all this to say this. I'm just going to paraphrase this because I'm on a roll here. And we'll go back and read it if you want. Is he saying, I say all that to say this. Look at these stinking flowers on the ground in the dirt. Look at these f- birds that nobody likes. I care for them. They, they don't plant seed. They don't harvest. They don't go to the grocery store. They don't know about gas prices. They don't, don't, they don't do anything. And I take care of them like it's my job. And how much more do you think I care about you? Why would he say that before he talks about the kingdom? 
Because we'd freak out. If we, if, if, we did, if we don't know how much he cares about us, then we'll take his job. And we'll try and take care of ourselves. And we put ourselves on our comfy little butts on this throne that he's supposed to be in. And I'm telling you, you guys don't look at that grown, good on that throne as much as he does, but I'm telling you, I look even worse on that throne than, he, than you guys. You know what I'm saying? There's only one person who's worthy of my worry, and it's not me. And there's, only, there's nobody who worries about me more than him. And that's, and that's including my mom and my grandma. Does that make sense? Beautiful. Okay, so now we can hear um, about the kingdom. Cool? And I'm not, I'm not like going to go on much longer, but let me just read this and then we'll hear what... This is the context he's saying, seek first the kingdom. It's like... Um, yeah, I'll read it here. Therefore I say to you... Actually, can I read this in NLT? Don't, you can put it up in the um, New King James if you want, Miss Donna. But uh, I'm going to read it in the NLT. And this is Matthew 6, verse 25. Oh, sounds like we're having sword drills. Let's go. Okay. It says this. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food, to, food or drink, enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store up in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Please just let that sink in. I would love to rush through this, but please just let that sink in. How valuable do you think you are to him? Oh, Jesus. How worth worrying about are you? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies in the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that, he, that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why don't you have so little faith? Or why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about the things... Don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God first above all things and live righteously or in righteousness, and he will give you everything you need or all these other things will be added unto you. Does that make a little more sense now? If not, I encourage you guys, explore it this week. Actually, even if it does make sense, I encourage you, explore it this week. Um, I'm going to, I don't know if close is the right word, because I don't know what God's going to do after this, but in, there's, a, there's a verse we mentioned earlier um, in uh, Luke. I think it's chapter 10, but I'll double check it in my Bible. You know, you know, you ever have those Bibles that you're like, you don't know. Oh, my phone. Sorry, sorry. That's me. Jeez. Jeez. Sorry about that. All right. Basically, as you're going to uh, Luke chapter 10, it's the back end. It's probably the, the last one. It's got blue highlight on it and a pen and a heart, if you have my Bible. Um, I'm going to read First Peter chapter 5, um, verse 5. Um, and uh, 
This will be a, just a picture of like, this is, this is, I'm trying to make it as practical as possible because we get these, there's a cute preacher teaches like, oh, trajectory and treasure, it, it, it's alliteration. And there's cute things of like, oh, you're focused and it'll fill you. And like, that's cute. But when you wake up tomorrow morning and you reach for your phone and, and, and like whatever's on your phone becomes like, takes the throne of your, of your heart. If that's what's happening, I want you to feel Jesus' response to Martha. That's why we're going to Luke 10. But I also want you to have a way out of what that looks like. Because I've been trapped in that for a while before. And it's like, sometimes I think to myself, yeah, I care about this, but I don't know how to uncare about this. Like, uh, the, like the situation I was with my notes um, in preparing for teaching. I was already prepared. I've been studying for weeks and months. Honestly, some of these things, years. Like while I was in college, I had some, this teaching of like three or four years old. That still left me feel unprepared. So when I'm sitting there feeling this stuff, I'm like, how do I get out of it? And First Peter answers it beautifully. In First Peter 5, verse um, 5, it says this. In the same way you are young, or, um, yeah. And this is NLT, so if you're rocking with me, um, NLT, First Peter 5, verse 5. In the same way you who are younger must accept the authority of elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility. Mm. Talk about what to wear. Talk about what we eat, what we wear. Dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. So before I ever take my cares and put them on him, it starts with a posture of humility. So if I'm getting anxious and, and, and worrying about, oh, what do I do with my notes? Or uh, what do people think of me? Or what about my financial situation? Or what about my marriage? What about the, all these different things? If I start to find myself worrying, yeah, ask yourself, what do I care about most? But if you're not happy with what you care about most, I encourage you, take this posture of, it's not about me. What am I preparing for? They're not giving out dundies or awards for, for best so speaker on Wednesday night. There's nothing to gain here for me. Unless I think I'm lacking something. But that's not true. In a mindset on spirit, there's life and there's peace. Which is, well, I don't want to get distracted. I've got to finish this last thing and then maybe we can dabble in those things. But to say what I'm saying here in, in Luke chapter 10, the back, the back end of it, Martha invites Jesus into her home. So it's her idea. She's like, come over. I want to have you in my house. Jesus walks in the house. Everyone's chilling, having fun. Mary's at Jesus' feet, just drinking it in, just soaking it up. And Martha sees her sitting there doing nothing, quote-unquote. And she says, Jesus, don't you think it's unfair that I do all the work and Mary just sits there? Tell her to come help me. And Jesus says, oh, my dear Martha, Mary's found the one thing worth worrying about, and it will not be taken away from her. Sometimes what I'm facing in front of me that I care about so much, I'm so passionate about that it feels really right and my heart feels very pure. Like, let's say, is Megan here? No, she's not. Let's say, hypothetically, somebody, Megan, we'll just make up a random name. Let's say, Megan, I care about her so much that I start picking at all the things she needs to do better because I care so much about her. My heart is pure 
because I care about her, right? Because I love her. And I say, you got to do this better. You got to spend more time with God. When's the last time you open your Bible? When you and I start just, I'm like, and I'm, I'm picking up everything. I'm just very critical of this random Megan girl. And I, and I start to pick at her, and, or even, even, like, even at myself, of, I, I should be better at this. I need to work out. I got two chairs. What's, I got to wear a turtleneck to hide that joint. I, I, I start to pick at myself. Whatever it is, or, or, or your best friend, I can't believe he's doing that stuff again. You know, whatever. This critical thing, even if our hearts are in the right place of, I care about you, that's why I'm being critical. That person's still on the throne of my heart. They're still controlling the trajectory of my heart. And it's crazy sad to see that Jesus is in this building and Martha still goes, Jesus, what the heck is Martha doing on her feet? Tell her to get, do, she's criticizing, sorry, Mary. What, she's criticizing Mary, uh, Mary what she's doing. And it's not coming from a place of her being mean. It's coming from a place of who's on the throne of her heart. I'll tell you a really good uh, way to know who's on the throne is who's calling the shots, okay? So Martha comes in hot with, Jesus, you tell her, da 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 da. How many? No, nobody raise your hand. I'll tell you this. When I feel overwhelmed, when I feel stressed, when I feel worried, that's when I start telling Jesus what to do and not asking him what he wants to do. Jesus is like, your kingdom come, your will be done. In fact, even when he was crushed to the point of anguish, he said, all right, I know if there's any other way, let's do that, but not my will, but your will be done. And in this idea of giving up his will, the first Adam did not do that well, but the second Adam, Jesus came and he did it beautifully. He said, I know I have free will, but I, I give you back my free will here. And you tell me who's on the, on the throne of Jesus' heart, and then look at Mar- uh, Martha here. She's going to Jesus says, Jesus, I can't believe to do this. She's criticizing her. And then she's saying, Jesus, I need you to do this. And I'm telling you, it'd be fun to make fun of her, but I was doing the same thing. I was like, Jesus, you need to tell me what we're teaching on. <laughs> I was like, you better tell me. This is your idea. You sucker, you better tell me. Who's on the throne of my heart? I'll tell you, it's not Jesus. Well, now it is. Yeah, I'm having a blast up here. Life and peace. You guys will probably feel it. But do you see how easy it is to slip into that? The second we get worried, the second we get um, anxious about something, we can we can take control of something that... We have no business taking control. Is this helpful? Okay. <sighs> Beautiful. But well, I'll stop there then. Actually, let me just check if there's any questions I have for you guys. No. None at all. I don't have much homework for you. I don't I don't even I don't even think I could because who knows how your turtleneck game is and who knows what happens to you when you're looking for candy. I don't know. I think I think I think there is no homework. I think there's just an invitation to what Jesus said about Mary, which is she has the privilege of being undistracted and that will not be taken away from her. I would protect those areas of your life that you're undistracted from them. I'm saying protect them just like Jesus did. And then be very gentle with yourself when you find yourself distracted or critical of yourself or other people. I mean, those are just red flags, but they're not the end of the world. Like if I start getting critical of people, it's not like, ah, God's like, don't you dare. No, he's like, oh, my dear Nathaniel. There's something so much more important happening, and I don't want you to miss it. Mary's not missing it. I don't want you to miss it. There is only one thing. My homework was going to be, don't worry. Like, just go and don't worry, because he says that in John 14. He's like, don't let your heart be troubled, right? But, but there is one thing worth worrying about it. Mary has found it, and it will not be taken away from her. So as you find yourself worrying this week or anxious or, or considering or caring about things, don't beat yourself up. Just ask yourself the question, is this worthy of my worry? 
Is it worthy of how much I care? Is it worthy of me, of, of me giving it the steering wheel of my heart? Because I can only pick one master. There can only be one butt on the throne. There can only be one road I take. So is this worthy of me giving it the steering wheel of my heart? And then we'll go from there. Cool? I love you guys. Um, I'll just pray and then we can roll. Jesus, we, we trust you so much. We love you so much. And we say, take our hearts by the steering wheel. If there's anything, like any, anything that's in there that is, is actually not leading us to life and not leading us to peace, then we just give you permission to sweetly remove it, even now. We recenter our lives and we recenter our hearts on you. We say, have your way. Not just because we're in a school or in a, in a, in a building that has a, you know, a Christian name on it, but because we're, we've invited you into our home and there, we don't want to miss this opportunity with you. So Jesus, we love you. Change our trajectory this week. Fill us as we focus on you and let your kingdom be our priority in every moment that we breathe air on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen.